successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to Grill Nation on KMBZ 980 AM. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us again today. If you're listening on the radio or if you're joining us on iTunes via podcast or if you're listening via GrillNationShow.com, where you can find all of the photos of our guests, our wonderful uh, sponsors, and all of our shows podcasted and linked to listen to them, each and every one of them. We've done over 167 shows. I think this is 167 of the shows, so we're excited to be back here today. Before I bring in our uh, guests today and make some really cool introductions uh, here in a second, I wanted to thank our partners and supporters of the Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill. Title sponsors of the show are Trusts. MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West Companies, and Ryan Rank. Contributors to the show are The Rieger and Jay Rieger & Co. Ryan Maybe is a guest co-hosting on your contributor. KCADC, great, comp- great group here in Kansas City, the Kansas City Area Development Council. Uh, they come bring in a guest quarterly on the show. And our guest co-host and on-air contributor and partner of the Grill Nation show with me today is Brian Sarf from True Wealth & Company. Their website is retirewithtrue.com. He's uh, joined us last month. This is his second month uh, guest hosting, and each and every month, Brian, uh, one, brings his, his great uh, radio skills to the show, but also his awesome guests, and uh, I wanted to welcome him into the show now. Brian, uh, how are you this week, and how are you doing, sir? Doing fantastic. Great to be here. It's always fun uh, when we get to do always this. Always love to be on the air at 980 <laughs> and share our stories, uh, get to introduce uh, Kansas City to some great people, and hear... Uh, how they've built their business and uh, how they yep. built their life, and so we have two wonderful We're guests. Have two today. fun ones today. Uh, yes. This is going to be an interesting story. I know uh, a little bit about one of the career paths, uh, not as much about the other. So uh, why don't you introduce our guests? We have two in studio today with us. Brian. Yeah, today. So we have Karen and Jean Cullinane from the House of Diamonds. If you've lived in Overland Park or Kansas City for any amount of time, you've heard their ads on the radio. Uh, you've been by their location. It's been in the same spot. Since they opened, uh, they're over at College in Quivira. Right next to Rico's and Tequila Harry's is a house of diamonds. Uh, Gene uh, played football for a bit. He was a, uh, played at Washburn University, graduated there, got, um, got drafted to go play for, or was a free agent to play for the Steelers. Uh, and then he got, uh, he got uh, transferred to the Packers and then wound up his career in Montreal playing football in the World Football League and, and founded House of Diamonds. And then you and Karen have been married for a few years and, and uh, build a great family. I have three spunky little daughters. We want to hear about them today as well. But welcome to the show, Gene and Karen. Thank great you. to have you here. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Let's, let's start at the top. You you, you played uh, football, Gene, at Washburn. Nickabods. You, you were in Nickabod. Did you um, uh, grow up around here? You, I, noticed, I noticed Karen, you did in your bio, right? Yeah, I'm from Prairie Village. Prairie Village area. What about you, Gene? Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. So how'd you end up at Washburn? An athletic scholarship. Okay. And brought me down to Topeka and spent four years there going to school, getting an education, and, and uh, playing football. 
So you must have done it pretty well, I guess, huh, Karen? I mean, you played in the pros, right? So. Well, I, I, I had an opportunity to play. Um, spent four years in the NFL um, in two preseason games. Uh, I don't know if that's much of a of a career, but it gave me an opportunity to, to open a jewelry store and do what we're doing today. What was that like, being in an NFL team? Nervous. You're, you know, <laughs> uh, they say the NFL is not for long, and I knew that applied to me. So um, yeah. every day was uh, – you. you you wonder when they're going to call you in the office and let you go. And so I, I experienced that quite a bit, mm-hmm. yeah. but still, how did, how did you, how did you actually reach that level? I mean, that's, that's ran, pretty cool. I ran a good 40 time. I ran, I, I was, I was quick for a fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all it was, right? Yeah. You impressed yeah. on the 40 and the talent on the, the, the tape, yeah. tail of the tape or whatever. You know, I think, I think I'm, I must've played well too, but um, you know, I think the NFL, they find you if, if you can play, they they locate you and they give you an opportunity. And I was blessed to, to mm-hmm. be put in a position where I could, uh, you know, what, spent four years chasing that dream. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you say, "Yeah, time to move on." Did you Did you know Karen at that time? N- no, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you made a good decision. So, uh, tell us about that. So, um, with with the NFL, what what timeline was that, Gene? I was uh, I signed with the Steelers in '89. '89. Okay, uh, so yeah. they were pretty damn good back then. You know. I, I, they, they're, yeah, they were good. They were going they, to Super they, Bowl. They were, they were, the 90s, no, right? no, no, they weren't. They, they were. They were on the beginning of becoming really good. And that's, <laughs> you know, um, eighty nine and, and then ninety uh, ninety one. I was a camp guy. Um, couldn't stay healthy and found myself with the first year tip fibs brain. The second year blew my knee. Um, by the time I recovered from the knee surgery, I think they realized that maybe I wasn't for their organization, and they sent me home. And then I was fortunate enough to get a phone call from Green Bay. Um, and I thought it was a joke. I thought it was really? one of my friends playing a joke on me. So I hung up on uh, Jesse K, the director of player personnel, and he called me back, fortunately, and, and um, said they had a plane ticket for me. Come on up. So I ended up uh, signing to their the developmental squad, their practice squad, and got the experience Lindy Infante. And then uh, the next year, got the experience Holmgren, and he sent me home. <laughs> so, <laughs> what position did you play? Center and guard. Center and guard. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Green Bay and Pittsburgh. Those are obviously both storied franchises. Storied franchises. The Steelers yeah. are my uh, are the team of my youth. Or, I, yeah. I grew up in Cape Girardeau, and so we only had the uh, the Cardinals in St. Louis for football, and they were horrible. Right. And so we always rooted for the Steelers as kids, and you know Terry Bradshaw and watching them play and everything else. It was it was a joy to watch them play as uh, as kiddos and everything. Now I've Certainly become a diehard Chiefs fan since uh, going to school at Mizzou in the 90s. Oh, uh, yeah. But football is a cornerstone of my life, and we're coming out of that of that period of summer you know, when, when football starts and life begins. Now it's back, fall. right? It's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you still pay attention, Gene, to, uh, you, to for, the NFL? For a long time, I, I had a hard time watching. When, you, when your dreams kind of evaporate, you you sulk a little bit. My sulking period took longer than probably it should have. And <laughs> Unfortunately, um, you know, when I'm – no, I, not unfortunately. When I met my wife, unfortunately, um, or fortunately for her, I should say, I, did, I wasn't watching much football, and I think that was one of the things she intrigued it was that intrigued her about me is that I didn't, you know, take up my Sundays watching football. Then a few years after we were married, unfortunately, I started liking it again, and, and now, now she has to put up with me. Yeah, now she has to put up with me watching it again. So, so when uh, when when you met Gene, what was he doing? He had the store. Okay. Yeah. So he was already a successful entrepreneur. I mean, you mm-hmm. you you, yeah. you married a successful entrepreneur with a uh, NFL background. Yes, can't go wrong with that, right, Brian? No. I mean, yeah, he was uh, about nine, ten years into the store. Oh wow! Okay, cool. He had it quite a while. 
That's very cool. Uh, did you have any experience in this industry? Yes. Okay, I, there you go. I actually went to school for it. So, And we're going to get into that more, but wow, that's a that's an interesting connection right there, right, yeah. Brian? Absolutely. It's not every day you uh, you meet someone that is has experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what well, your company I, is. She, does, she designs uh, much of the jewelry that, that comes out of House of Diamonds. She runs their CAD program, uh, does everything in 3D, so you can come in and they'll design it for you so you get to look at what you're envisioning that you want to create that you want to build for the for the person you care about and you love about that you want to want to put together and so she's been at that for you know with 13 years now at House of Diamonds yeah. um, we've, we've, and I before that I'm sure you had the uh, many years we, as well we always did custom work it was kind mm-hmm. of what we we try to carve a niche that's what's that unique area. for you all so it's yep. not it's not the chain stuff right and uh, she's we, we, it's evolved to the point where she's actually doing 80 85% of the product we sell she designs and we we create it right there on site. Yeah, so so we'll get into that after the break. I want to talk about that. I also want to talk about how Gene got into diamonds uh, at the start before you met Karen. You're listening to Grill Nation. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Grill Nation Show, KMBZ 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast. If you're listening today, I appreciate you joining me and uh, guest host and on-air contributor and partner of the Grill Nation Show, Brian uh, Brian Sarfu is there with, uh, I'm sorry, Brian, uh, a, a retirewithtrue.com. I always, I always want to say True Wealth and Company first, but the website is retirewithtrue.com. Great company here in Kansas City, and uh, Brian is a person you should talk to if you need any uh, life planning, financial, and you know, basic uh, how to get your life together it's, advice. If it, it's uh, easy, when you want to make work optional, that's if it. you want to make work optional, we help you do that. <clears throat> we put a plan together so you can work if you want to, not because you have to. And when you're ready to retire and and and, and call it a day and move on to the next phase of your life, we can help you do that too. Karen Colonay and Jean Colonay with us from House of Diamonds uh, here in Kansas City. Gene, uh, you mentioned your NFL past. Uh, before we get into the entrepreneurship and starting this company, uh, let's let's ask you about Montreal. You, you continued the dream. <laughs> you you went to the uh, what, what was it called the, back the then? World, the Canadian League, the World Football League, the World Football League. So, what was that like? Because I always wonder about football in other countries. It was it was interesting. Uh, Montreal um, was, you know, our Midwest boy. It was a little, a little different. And um, heard it's you know, heard it's a beautiful place. It is. It's it's beautiful. Um, it's you if you speak french it, it helps a little bit um, <laughs> but uh my time up there was was for that season and you picture four guys living in a three-bedroom apartment that's what uh that's what we did and so um the memories are are, are four fat guys trying to share a small, <laughs> small apartment. so do you so when you did all this stuff with the practice squad the four years and this i mean you get make money obviously it's not I, like you it's know not what? like the minor the, leagues listen it? they that's what what we got paid back then is not what they get paid today. Okay. And but was, you could live on it. Though. I could live on it. And yeah. I knew that I wasn't going to be uh, playing for long. And so I rent hold everything they gave me and just kind of saved it and stacked it up and uh, didn't really know what I was going to do, but I knew that I wasn't going to be doing that for long. And, and that's where we're getting into Brian's next question. I think he's well, going to tee up here. Here's the beautiful part of what Gene's past is that he went to Washburn university and he got a degree in business and finance, something that you can use for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. If, Football doesn't end up being a full-time career. You have something to fall back on. 
And by having that allows you the opportunity to have the knowledge base from college to begin a business. So, so how did you make the transition from the NFL and playing football to to the jewelry, the custom jewelry and diamond business? How did you get to that? Well, when I, when I signed with the Steelers, uh, I had a friend of mine who I used to hunt and fish with, and he owned a jewelry store in Topeka, Kansas called gold and silver jewelers. And he asked me if I would sell to my teammates. And at first I was apprehensive, but then I thought about, you know, I knew it wasn't going to be forever. So I, maybe I could make some extra money. So I started selling jewelry out of the locker room to my teammates, and that's how I got introduced to the business when football was over. Now, that is really hustling right there. Yeah, you think? Selling out of your, yeah, your, out of the, your yeah. locker room. I mean, wow, that's a new one. We haven't heard that yet on this show is uh, selling jewelry in the locker room. That was back when the chains, the big fat chains. Oh, yeah. Popular, yellow, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yellow, Deion yeah. Sanders look. I, like I never sold him a chain, though. No. no. <laughs> Be happy to, though. Yes. Deion, if you're listening, give me yeah. a call. <laughs> Be happy to sell you a chain. I had uh, uh, a funny story. I had a friend of mine that was in uh, Chicago, and they were staying at, at one of the really nice hotels there. Uh, I think they're at the Four Seasons, and and uh, he's he's all, he's like six foot six, and he's walking on the elevator, and his buddy's about a little under a little under uh, six foot tall, and they walk into an elevator, uh, and this was just a couple of years ago, and he walks in, and, and his buddy is eyeball to eyeball with Mister T standing there with all of his gold jewelry on and everything. And they were both taken aback because they all assumed that he was taller, that he was, you know, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, but he's like 5'10". And he had all this jewelry on him, you know, and he was there to give a, a motivational speech to a business workshop that was in town. Um, you know, but I, I remember growing up as a kid seeing him running around with all of his jewelry. I didn't sell him any jewelry. No, <laughs> he's a big guy. Is it all? I always wonder if it's all real or is it or is it all fake that, he, that he's carrying around, you know? Uh, I'm, I'd be curious to know. Hmm. Yeah. So you uh, you did the hustle, you did the the deal, and then uh, House of Diamonds. When did that start? Uh, Ninety five. Ninety five. Okay. Wow. Good good economy back then. I imagine the jewelry industry wasn't wasn't too bad back then. It was before the internet, so it was uh, you know it was it people was not bad. still come in and uh, yeah. they couldn't price shop. Well, it's not. It's it, you easy. Know, we have a lot more experts today than we did back then. <laughs> right? about everything. Everybody knows about <laughs> the every, internet, right? Everybody, yeah. Everybody, you know. So what what, what do people think when they walk in and they saw you? I mean, I, I'm sorry, I but like, you're, sorry you're, you're an NFL me. guy, you know, you're I, a football player, you're yeah. a gentleman, right? You're well, a guy. I you, mean, you have to realize the, the, the little bit of money I had, I opened a jewelry store. So I built my own cases and, and I had all this case space and each, about every foot I had a, had a, a ring or a necklace and I thought I was in the jewelry business. So I think a lot of people came in and they, they kind of chuckled and they felt sorry for me and they would bring their friends in to, to take a look at the empty cases, but uh, we just hung in there, and it kept growing. So, but, well, so you had people show up, right, Brian? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you we, had to have a customer. We had to have a few. Your first few customers? Non-locker room people, but actual, like, people that walked in and said, hey, I want to buy something here? Uh, you, do I, 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 and some of them are still friends to this day. They're, and, we, you know, over the course of 24 years, you lose some to, to moving, and unfortunately uh, some passed away. But uh, one thing I, I think is really cool about our store is we build a lot of re- relationships that, that are still – from those early days mm. and um, we look forward to maintaining them. That's mm-hmm. awesome. What, uh, so what, what's the, your favorite jewelry to create Karen that you make uh, that you, that you get to, to build for, uh, for your clients? Ooh, I kind of am a jewelry freak, so I love it all, but uh, probably the most rewarding is when we take um, pieces that people have had for a while or things that have been passed down to them that have a story. And then we, create a brand new piece that's very in fashion that somebody's going to wear and possibly pass down to their kids, but making really exquisite pieces that 
don't necessarily look custom in a bad way, but like using all the client stones. Sometimes custom gets a bad name because it looks clunky and, and very handmade, but we can make incredibly refined, gorgeous pieces, and they've got a amazing story already. What's the most memorable piece you've worked on that, that you can think of? Oh. She said, right on you the know, spot. You did, oh. you did, but I can, I can tell you <laughs> that the, watching her deliver a ring that she's made from three or four generations of jewelry to somebody and the, the tears that roll down someone's face because it's um, it's very moving. It, it's mm-hmm. the grandma's, great-grandma's, great-great-grandma's ring all in one. That's, to me, some of the special moments in our industry. That's that, cool. Uh, Karen, this is a passion you had since high school. Is yeah, that right? Shawnee Mission I'm reading East. that on your uh, your LinkedIn bio. You uh, oh, yeah. you won an award in high school and then went to to uh, college actually yep. for jewelry design. I started first person I've ever met that w- that has a jewelry design degree yep. ever. Yeah, you're special. Look at that. <laughs> That's why you've been so successful. I've never met it someone. Worked out. So you started at a young age though. I did. You knew what you wanted to do. Not necessarily. I knew I loved it. Um, the professor Crawford at Shawnee Mission East kind of helped me start my love of it, but mm-hmm. I really never saw it as a career path. I went to University of New Mexico first, uh, thinking I was going to do physics and engineering mm-hmm. and loved the subject material, but couldn't see myself in the field. Interesting jewelry in New Mexico too. Right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, and part of why I came back to Kansas was because UNM changed their program from jewelry to small metal sculpture. So to continue on jewelry, when I decided that was my path, I went to KU because I've got the oldest public program. Mm, so Did not know that. Yes. So I went to KU, came home. Brian and I, uh, we majored in, uh, did not major in jewelry at Mizzou. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we might have majored in uh, in Harpo's and Willie's, but uh, <laughs> back in the law school days. Hey, you know, you got a minor in something. Yeah. You know. So so that's really interesting. So bef- so we're out of college or out of KU. Would you, how did you, what did you do next? Bef- did you meet Gene before that or after that? Well, or? I was finishing up. And um, I was just talking to a friend of the family saying that, you know, this is what I'm going to do. But I'm terrified of the idea of getting out of school and not having a job because it's kind of a leap of faith for me to decide that this was a career path for me when no one in my family had done it. And I didn't really know anybody in the industry. She comes from a family of engineers. so (laughs) (laughs) I have a few of those in my family. Yes. But uh, I sympathize with you. <laughs> um, but I just mentioned it to a f- uh, friend of the family, and they said, "Don't apply anywhere. There's one place you have to apply." And so, um, hence, when they sweet talked Gene into giving me a job for the summer, and no, they they sweet talked me into giving you an interview. I was that's against, true. I was against it all from the very beginning. I didn't want to. I had I had thoughts of a college student, right? And I I remember when I was a college student, I didn't want to hire one. And but I. The gentleman convinced me, a very dear friend of mine convinced me to interview her, and I did. And within the first few moments, I realized this wasn't your normal, ordinary, everyday college student. She was pretty special. And uh, I think I think I had those little heart bubbles popping in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I was smitten from the, from the moment that I think I'm, from the moment we met. And uh, it took me about three or four months to, you know, kind of start hinting that maybe we should go out to dinner. And, and she looked at me like I was nuts. And that continued for several months, but I was persistent. <laughs> yes, yes, he was. And it, it, so, uh, at that point, did you know you knew a lot about the diamond industry then? So she was not only captivating you with her knowledge of jewelry, but everything else. That was well, she, yeah, she interviewed very well. She was she was very smart, uh, very intelligent young lady, and I I just uh, you know. 
we hit it off. I think. I think I did anyway. I think, <laughs> I, think I had. She had. A, I had to grow on her. I think. What's it like working together? Uh, you know, husband and wife in the same business, I working every day, seeing it. I couldn't imagine not working with her. We, and people ask me that almost daily. They'll say, "Oh, you guys work together. How do you do that?" And I, we do it, and we do it. Uh, we're together mm-hmm. all the time. We've got. We're fortunate. We get to have our children, our three baby girls, with us uh, throughout the day, and uh, we have a lot of fun together. There's, it, we have our moments, but, sure. but for the most part, uh, I wouldn't change a thing. That's fantastic. That is good to hear. Is uh, I don't know if I would be uh, set for that. I, I, I've I've dated people who have uh, parents started companies together, and uh, you're you're together all the time. But having the kids um, there at the, the kid, store, yeah, yeah, and with the, you all, and you, you guys three together, kids, three girls. Oh man. What a great wow. what a great uh, experience for them to grow up inside of a business. I think that does help as far as entrepreneurship and work ethic to see yeah. that, um, you know, to be, actually see it, actually see your parents doing that and working together is important. So oh, they, get, they have guys. their chores too. We get, good. You know, That's good. You can buy. You'll see one of them cleaning glass or vacuuming, and you know we we uh, they're running the store right now. So yes. we, we, we got to go to break here. Uh, we're, you're listening to Grill Nation. Gene and Karen and Colin are our guests. Today. I got that. Welcome back to Grill Nation, 980 AM KMBZ. I'm your host, Jason Grill, alongside our partner, supporter, and guest host and contributor to the Grill Nation show, Brian Sarf, who's with, uh, with True Wealth and management he also is uh doing great things here on the radio show joins me each and every month brings on some awesome guests if you want to check out brian his website is retirewithtrue.com a really cool company here in kansas city and brian is uh, a great mizzou grad as well i always got to throw that in there for him but he's uh he's a president and chief investment officer at true wealth and company here in kansas city our guests today uh brian again are gene colonane and karen colonane from the house of diamonds uh we don't have your website what is your website to check it out www.mybigrock.com. I just wanted to make sure that was the correct website. I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to confuse you with right another there. house of diamonds, but mybigrock.com. Check That's it out. It. They're located in Overland Park, Kansas. Is that correct? That is right. Great. Uh, Brian, I know you want to talk about some business, uh, with house yeah. of diamonds here. Well, I'd like to learn from Karen and Jean of what are some of the lessons learned over the years of things that you've done right that have really helped to grow and propel your business, uh, not only in Overland Park, but throughout Kansas City. I think uh, in any business, relationships is the most important aspect. It's a cornerstone of success and um, making sure you treat your client right and realize that they're the reason you're there. And if it's not for them, you're not going to be for long. And um, early on, I think it, a business starting out needs a good accountant and um, and maybe a mentor, somebody who's done it before them that they can, can go to and get some advice. Those are, those would probably be some things I would advise. Mm-hmm. What about? Uh, I like the ether in the account. They often are forgotten people, book, but they're important. Very important. Bookkeeping is the bane of the existence of many small business owners that uh, too many I work with neglect to keep their books in order, and it's in a shoebox or a or a glove compartment or a side pocket of a bag. And at the end of the year, they dump it on somebody's desk and say, "Here, let's figure out my taxes." For it's too, the late. Year. too late. Way too late. Too late. You have to do it. You know, you have to do it throughout the year, day by day, week by week, yep. month by month, and. Um, and hopefully proactive. that person you're sharing that with is has is guiding you and and advising you. Uh, if not, you're going to find yourself in trouble. Yes, yeah. Very having a great accountant is is so key. 
I find that many times with our I clients. Love, I love Mike. I love you. Who's, you're listening. Uh, who's your accountant? Go ahead and share who you're. Mike, Mike Leonard with Blue Chip Advisors out of Leewood. Um, he's also over the years. He's, we've become uh, so close that he is the godfather to my our children. Look at that. And so that that'll tell you what we what kind of relationship we have. Yeah, I think you keyed on the great. relationships as being one of the positives of the business. Uh, Karen, what about you? Do you have any things that you think are important Ooh. that has made made House of Diamonds successful? Over the years, um, besides the great craftsmanship, you know, yeah, you just—I mean, if you're if you're in business and you're not doing things right, it's going to catch up with you. And that's yeah, from that's from an ethical standpoint, from a from a you know, just being a, a good business, a good people. How, yeah, and how did you guys grow? That's kind of what I'm curious about because you started with. Obviously, you know, you're not, you did this, you're not a family that's been no, in this industry. No. You're not um, a big company. How did you guys end up growing Looking, besides relationships, you know, obviously? Knowing what I know now about the industry, I probably, if I go back in time, I probably wouldn't have tried. I was naive and I was, I was uh, young and, and I was full of energy and I thought I could make this go. And I had a lot of folks tell me that uh, I'm undercapitalized. Um, uh, the location was terrible and uh, I, I wanted to prove them wrong. And so I forged forward, and and every year we grew a little bit more, and the community support us a little bit more, and I, and here we are, twenty four years later. It's that long, right? Yep. That's amazing. That's a, it's a that's very cool. And then the name was House that your Islands? idea? Was that your idea? Yeah, how'd you come up with that? You know, what? I just started writing things down on a piece of paper, and <laughs> uh, and you know, looking back, I I would have used my name, Cullinanes, but you know. He's been butchering it the whole time. Oh, yeah. So you know, you know I, I thought it was like some, some, some. You were talking about Montreal. I'm like, cool name, cool name. Uh, you're right. Yeah, House you're of right. Diamonds. It, it it fits. It works. I think your last name does have a ring to it, though. Well, you would have gone with that name. I think would have been just as good. Well, if you drop, if you know the diamond industry, and you drop the e off the end of that, that's uh, the Cullinan is the the largest diamond up until recently. I think there's something yeah. that was the largest diamond ever discovered. And it was called the. So I I think I was kind of destined to be in the industry. Right. So, so you guys, from when I walk age. into your uh, your store, I mean, it's it's you have a lot of different things, right? Take us oh, through yeah. what you actually offer in your store. It's not well, just diamonds. Is well, it just want, diamonds, or what is it? I no, it's everything. It's a, it's a vast array of, of jewelry. We have a showroom and uh, showroom from bridal sets, you know, hundreds of bridal sets to fashion pieces, colored with some beautiful colored uh, sapphires and rubies and so forth, uh, fashion jewelry. Um, but we do engraving on site with um, a. Uh, computerized engraving equipment mm-hmm. we do uh, our custom work we do it with four axis mill uh, prototyping machines and 3d printers uh, our casting of our metals take place with a argon gas fed computerized centrifuge uh, we've got five jewelers on site that are building it and making it and putting it together so when you walk in our jewelry store and you see the front it's it looks like maybe most jewelry stores unless you pay attention to the quality product in the case that separates us of course but as we give a lot of folks a tour and and uh, give, show them the back of the, the shop and that's when the light bulb goes on with a lot of folks who especially if they've been shopping they realize these guys are actually making it we're not sending it to chicago we're not sending it to new york we're not sending it to california we're making it right there in our, our studio mm. that's huge that's a that's a differentiator right there it is a lot of people custom is taking a stone and a mounting and putting it together but True custom, what we do is is start well, to finish from a sketch on a piece of paper to CAD to the 3D printer to casting that, and finishing. That's what I was going to say. It's changed a lot probably in your career. Yes, you've done. the it's, technology, and it's changing year to year. I mean, month to month, it seems. And you guys have all those capabilities. Oh, up yeah. To, up to par, right, Gene? <laughs> right, Karen? You have a oh, great yeah. technology? Oh, yeah. 
It's all your yeah. 3D printing machine on the website or and the information you share with me today. Yes. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's taken over these days. I mean, 3D printing and, and, and customization, I think, as far as business, I think is... In most industries in manufacturing, it's kind of becoming the name of the game. And you want to differentiate yourself. In our, exactly. In our industry, that's uh, that's an issue. Uh, our industry is, is seeing an aging process take place. A lot of jewelry stores are not going to be passed on generational like they have been in the past. Uh, jewelers, the jewelers, a lot of their offsprings, their children, they don't want to. They don't want to continue the the jewelry business. They're getting out of it. So you're going to start seeing stores shrink. If you don't differentiate yourself mm-hmm. uh, by doing something different or offering something different, you're going to probably not be around much longer and it's because of that technology and you guys have a lot of issues uh we'll get to brian in a second but you have a lot of issues with uh all these diamond issues right that are going on in the world i mean there's all kinds of crises all over the time so you have to be authentic true and have great products mm-hmm. because uh I, i've i've opened up the newspaper and seen people buying things that they don't think are the right things so i think having that relationship that authenticity goes a long way I, that's why well, i don't understand why people how how they can buy online and you know and not see it before they buy it. I, they're just trying to cut me. costs, Gene. Right? They're just trying yes. to. Well, the ones trying who, to find the, a deal because the they're have, experts. Well, the they are, but the ones who have, and, and, and you know, sometimes they'll buy it and they come back in because they want Karen to build a piece or build an item for them, and and we we have the luxury of having them maybe the stone they were looking at, and we pull it out and compare. And a lot of times the question is asked, "How come your stone looks better than this one that's supposed to be the same on paper?" And yeah, I just smile because it. That's, <laughs> Customer service is huge too. You mentioned that, right? Relationships, but customer service, Brian, in this industry, is huge. I mean, I'd rather spend more money to go to a company like yours than buy something online, just yeah. because I know if something happens with it, I can call you up, Gene and Karen, and say, "Hey guys, what's going on?" I like the way you think. <laughs> <laughs> Very uh, cool. So, um, you know, what have you learned as as you look back over twenty four years in business, um, Gene and Karen? Of what are some lessons learned of things that? Um, that you wouldn't recommend for young business owners to do or seasoned business owners to do along the way of just some, some, uh, some, some hardships you went through along the way. I think one big thing is, uh, in advertising, uh, I think we went through a period of time where we felt like we'd been around long enough that we could maybe sit back a little bit and, and let our, let our, uh, years in business kind of propel us and perpetuate the business. And it doesn't happen that way. Uh, you lose, you, you kind of lose sight. Your customers lose sight of you if you're not out there actively, uh, engaging in some type of advertising, and that was a lesson we learned um, over the past five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went took a couple of year off, years off, and we started noticing that uh, fresh we weren't seeing the fresh faces. So we started advertising again on the radio, uh, and it's an old school, right? Yes, radio but it, works, but it works. And we started seeing folks that we haven't seen for fifteen years come in and say, "Ah, oh, you know, haven't th- heard your voice," and it made me think, "Man, I've been in the sea," and it, they're in, right? Really? So, radio, I would say. For any business, you got to keep your face and your name out there. Mm-hmm. I was curious about what you guys did to advertise, and I know I, I as a child, I I'm not that young, but I mean, as a person growing up in Kansas City, I did hear your commercials. As a you said, as a child, <laughs> <laughs> I did hear your commercials, Gene and Karen. I mean, I remember the commercials. Well, we've done magazines and billboards, and we've done radio, and uh, you know, social media now is a new thing where you're trying to get a grip on that, and that's I'm not. I'm not it's too evolved. savvy. It's yeah. t- it's tough, but I think that you know if you surround yourself with the right people, we have a we have a gentleman named Kevin Coster. I'm gonna plug him a little bit. Scopes Advertising, and the guy uh, does a remarkable job for us. And uh, when I put my faith in him and just let him do his thing, uh, we see we see great results. But as a business owner, like most business owners, you try to I have a tendency to try to be too controlling and try to 
has, he just says, sit back, relax, let me take care of this. And when I do, it works out. Something that business owners forget about, Brian, we always want to control everything in our business. And you we, know, want to, we want to have a stamp, but sometimes you got to delegate and you got to have people help you that are experts. You have to remember, Michael Gerber in his book, The E-Myth, said that there are three things you can be as a business owner. You can be the entrepreneur and the visionary, or you can be the manager, or you can be the technical person who's doing the work. Um, and, mo- and a lot of entrepreneurs start out having to do all three. You have to promote the business, you have to grow the company, you have to manage everything, and you have to technically deliver the work. At some point along the way, you have to begin giving up along of those three and pick one that you want to be best in and leave the other two to somebody else. So either you manage it or you technically build it or you be the entrepreneurial vision, but you can't do all three as you grow. If you will, if you do, it's what holds a lot of entrepreneurs back from getting through that next level to achieve that next level of success is giving up that control, finding somebody they can trust and empower to go out and, uh, and really excel in one of those three areas. Um, and they know the one they're best at, and that's what you do, and that's where you're at. And maybe for some for some business owners, is um, is you're not the CEO, and you need to give that to somebody else to run. I love that advice. I need I need to follow that. That's been one of my issues, Brian. That's why we have you on the show every month. It makes me smarter. You're listening to Grill Nation Show. We'll be right back after the break. To Grill Nation, 980 AM KMBZ. Appreciate you sticking with us today. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us again if you're listening on the radio or via podcast. Gene Colonane and Karen Colonane are guests today from uh, the House of Diamonds. Their website is mybigrock.com. Also joined by guest host and contributor to Grill Nation, uh, Brian Sarf, who is with True Wealth and Company. His website is retirewithtrue.com. You guys do a ton of community work and charity work uh, here in Kansas City, and you, you've always been involved with the community. Talk to us about why that's important to you. Uh, you've been in business now for over 24 years, you said. How has Kansas City kind of been, uh, community been helpful to you, and how have you gone, given back to the community? Well, like I was saying earlier, uh, clients, I think uh, over the years, they continue to stay faithful and loyal to us and, and help us grow our business. And those same clients will come to us with with charities and organizations that are near and dear to them. and ask us for their uh, ask us for our our assistance and help and you know being able to build jewelry that's unique and different and being able to to create an item that is tailored to this specific organization um, that makes it different adds adds a tremendous amount of value uh, those are those are some some of the ways that we uh, we get involved with the with giving back and uh, it's enjoyable because you there you, know, you can give a watch you can give a you know, pull something out of the case, but to create something that's is symbolic of of the charity that it's representing is it's kind of cool. Yeah, I was looking on your um, on uh, your website and, and reading through the uh, creations you made for the Duran Cherry Golf Invitational. Pretty incredible the work you've done for Kansas City, uh, the, the Chiefs Ambassadors Program, um, and supporting Camp Quality with them. Um, talk more about that. And the, your the Ambassadors, they're they're a great group of guys that are doing good work uh, all the time with not only camp quality, but raising scholarships for uh, inner city kids. Uh, they're constantly, they're constantly doing things to help the community. And uh, with our relationship with the organization, uh, we're fortunate that they come to us and, and ask us to get involved. And so from uh, donating different uh, items, we build the rings for them, for their, their organization, but 
they're, they they probably do something. It seems like it seems like they do something every month. Now they don't they don't come and ask me every month, but they they uh, you know several times throughout the year we get involved in the different different charities that they're they're involved with. You get a great look. The, the the ring looks great. The Chiefs ring. Did you look that up? It did. It looks really good. I'd, yeah. I'd wear that. And I'm not. A, I mean, I'm, I'm no offense. I'm not a ring wearing guy. I've never had one. And I want to ask you the question about that. What are some trends we're seeing for guys in the rings? Like, what are guys getting these days? Because, uh, you know, the women's ring always costs a lot more than the guys' well, ring. What, what what can we wear, guys, and get away with it as a guy? You want to answer that, Karen? You probably know. <laughs> I mean, I build a lot of jewelry, and I I build more for the ladies, but I do a lot of men's rings too. And so um, a lot of like the more natural materials, guys are very interested in, you know, wood rings or. um, I've seen those. People are wearing those wood rings. Meteorite. Meteorite. um, The the simple gold, the simple gold uh, wedding ring. Is it it still coming back? There you go. It is coming back. Yeah. Yellow gold as a general trend, um, more so in fashion, but we are seeing it in bridal is coming back because it's been white for a very long time. But, um, you know, when the economy was soft, the alternative metals were real popular and they're inexpensive for the guys. The guys like that. But <clears throat> now that the economy is, is swung back the other way and, and people are feeling a little bit more confident in their wallet. Uh, we're starting to see a lot, a lot more demand for platinum and yellow and white gold for guys. Um, mm-hmm. And we're starting to see them start to add diamonds and gemstones again where we weren't we weren't seeing that for a while. So. You know, guys are starting to get fashionable again. I like that. Hey, look out. Yeah. <laughs> What's the what's the runway look like for you guys? I mean, you guys are both very young, uh, vibrant people. I mean, is this something you're going to want to pass down to your family, or is this something you're just gonna you're gonna you're gonna work until until you're you're gonna like every entrepreneur and work and not retire? Are you gonna what's I, what's I, the plan? I, I, one of the reasons I was always intrigued with the jewelry industry because I can I can tool around on a Segway or something like that, or she can wheel me around on two wheels. That's not something I don't I don't see myself retiring. I've got three little girls, twelve, eight, and three, and they they're going to want to get married and go to college. So I'm, I'm going to be working uh, forever. I don't, forever. Yeah, <laughs> but the, but you don't mind it though. You like what you no, do. No, I love you it. And, and I, but the girls, you know, they'll say they want to be in the jewelry business, and I'm I'm a, I'm not against that. But I want them to go out and find their own way. I want them to find things they're passionate about that they love to do, uh, things that intrigue them. I don't want them to just follow in our footsteps. And so we kind of discourage them from. Um, thinking that's the path they're going to go. We want them to make their own way. Mm-hmm. And if it's something they want to do, maybe it's a hobby. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll talk it's about gonna it. It's going to go mm-hmm. one or either two ways to the extreme. Cause my dad's a lawyer. I went to law school. It's either you're going to see them working their tails off and you're going to be like, I want to do that. Or you're going to say that do something completely different that has nothing to do with your industry. Mm-hmm. It's, there's no in between for kids that parents are entrepreneurs or have their own companies. I'm going to tell you, I do have my eight year old walked up to a lady a couple of years ago on the store and the lady's, had this beautiful necklace on. My little girl goes over and she goes, Oh, that is so beautiful. I, I like that. Is it real? And the lady kind of, kind of looked and smiled. She goes, Of course it is. She goes, Huh. My little, my, my daughter looks at her and goes, I, I have something over here I think would look better on you. And <laughs> so She's I, a natural. I, I, yeah. She was like six or seven at the time. Is that Reagan in the middle? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. The, Sales people, I love it. Do you leave her? Is she still out on the floor? Yeah. <laughs> No. <laughs> no, she is brutally honest in every facet of her life. So oh, don't fantastic. ask her opinion unless you really want it. Yeah. Did you guys ever, uh, Gene? Did you ever think about uh, growing into more locations, or do you just think it's better local without? No, location? with what we do is so specialized. Find the jewelers, the guys in the back. You asked earlier about you know advice to give other businesses. Surround yourself with great people. You know, too. I mean, you the business is what it is because 
of the jewelers and the people that we employ. And the guys that we have in the back, they're hard to find. They're just not, they're old world craftsmen. And, and they're, they're some of my opinion, some of the best you're going to find in the Midwest. And I think that that is an inhibitor to us growing. You, you just can't find great jewelers. Uh, it's a dying art. It's like watchmakers. There used to be a day where there was a watchmaker in every jewelry store. And now you're lucky to find one or two in town that are good, right? Mm -hmm. And the jewelers are the same way. The guys, uh, there's just not a lot of people wanting to get their hands dirty on that bench. I think what happens is folks see jewelry as this glamorous, beautiful, you know, thing. And the the kids, when they first think about getting into it, they get introduced to the bench and making jewelry. And they realize it's dirty and it's hard and you're going to get blisters and cuts on your finger. And it's going to, right? You come in our our store during the month of December and all the benches have um, crazy glue on them. And it's for gluing their, they cut and then they're jabbing their fingers and they're gluing their their skin back together. It's, it's a, it's a harsh, you know, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not real glamorous when you're sitting back on the bench making it. What are the, what are the two busiest uh, times of the year for you all? Bridal season, May and June. Uh, and now there's a little, another October's another bridal season. And then the month of December, uh, Jan. Proposals. Yeah. Everyone proposes around Christmas. I find <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of the stereotype. I tell guys, don't give a, an engagement ring on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. You still coming. have to get a so, gift. So I, I don't do it. That, I exactly. that because that the ladies feel like the ladies feel like they're getting, they're you know they're getting kind of you know not they're not getting. What I'm, they, gonna get, I'm gonna give you a counterpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Special day, right. Gina. I'm gonna give right. you a counterpoint. Right. Um, those people want all their family there. That's why they do it. Well, you know what? What happens is the guys will do that, but then they forget Christmas. They think that the, yes, that, yeah, that's an engagement. You still have to, you know. <laughs> I would have pulled off. Hey, this is a pretty pretty good Christmas gift too, right? And I get I get I get shut down for that. I'll tell you what. My uh, my dad was born December eighteenth. I was born December eighth. And when my dad was growing up, you know, his birthday was always lumped with Christmas. Mm-hmm. So my mom and dad made it, uh, you know, made it separate for me. They made a point of it that. You know that in December it's not going to be everything's on just that day. They got to separate it a bit, and and but having it, um, you know, combining a holiday uh, with the engagement and that, uh, you know, kind of takes away from that being your special day that's not associated exactly. with anything. You else. get it, right? Yeah, it needs to be another day. It needs to be a special time, not Valentine's Day. Pick another day that's out there. You know, have your day and have your time and and enjoy it. You guys have a great great company, uh, Gene and Karen Colnane from. House of Diamonds, uh, check it out at mybigrock.com. Thanks for coming on today and sharing your information about your company and, and uh, sharing with us uh, information about the industry and, and business advice as well. Thanks for having us. It's great to have you guys. Brian, thanks Good again for yep. uh, coming on the show every you month. You did a great job today. Brian Sarf with True Wealth and Company, retirewithtrue.com. You've been listening to the Grill Nation show. We'll see you again next week. Take care.